0: Welcome to Marketing Like a Mother, a podcast made for mompreneurs by mompreneurs. Each week we are diving into mom approved business and marketing strategies to help you grow a profitable and family friendly business. Today I am your host, Michelle Pontfort, and I am chatting with video expert Lee Midland. Lee, thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, thank you. It's my privilege to be here. Well, video is something very near and dear to my heart, not only as a web designer who loves me some video content, but my background is in film and video. So we connected over that. And I'm so excited to have you on to share about the wonderful powers of video for your business. So why don't you kind of share a little bit more about what you do and then we can geek out a little bit around video. (laughs) I love the
1: opportunity to geek out. It's my favorite thing. Um, (laughs) So things have kind of gone in full circle because originally my background was in television and radio production. That's what I did at university. That's what I did after university. And then that's what I taught in colleges. And then life has a way of going in a different direction. And I did all kinds of jobs, raised a family, um, spent 10 years as a chocolatier making Belgian chocolate. That, that seemed like a sensible thing to do at the time. Worked in elderly care and fell into an IT business, as in when my chocolate business finished, a friend of mine said, can you come and manage my IT shop? And I went, yeah, I've got a technical background, I should be fine. Because I wasn't a technician, it was the retail element. and, And I've done a lot of retail work, so I thought, no, that'll be okay. So I went in and it was quite the learning curve. Um, long story short, that business didn't continue. Not my fault. Um, the business didn't continue. It was set up in such a way that it, it was never going to survive. There was too many things mm. going against it. So basically when I started to work there, the owner just stopped turning up. So we were short staffed and it, it just, yeah, wasn't, wasn't the most straightforward ride of any business I've ever been involved in. But what I could see is actually where they were doing things wrong we could have an IT business and do it differently. Mm. So I wanted something that was going to be open and accessible to everybody. There was no geek speak. We would meet people where they were at. So we literally have customers from 12 to 96. And we have a really even gender mix. We have quite a strong older clientele. And that's because the the culture that we've developed and, and even the building design is very open to people coming in. because people feel comfortable with us what happens is they they come in and say oh i'm a technophobe i'm a technobiff and there's all this negative rhetoric about using technology Mm. now to my mind you wouldn't get in a car and expect to be able to drive without lessons you couldn't pick up a musical instrument and expect to be a grade eight without tuition and i know you certainly wouldn't be able to just go and run a marathon without preparation but somehow people think they can just lay hands on a laptop And magically, all this information is going to appear in the head. It doesn't work like that. So I decided that actually one of the things that we could do was to create courses for people. And what that would look like is a series of tech academies that would meet different user groups where they're at. So I want to do a tech for seniors that's about assistive living technology and communication Mm -hmm. technology. I want to do a tech for kids that's all about um enabling kids that maybe would be slightly disenfranchised, the kids that would be what you would maybe call as basement rats, the ones that don't go out, to actually use their technical abilities to be more community-focused. So it's like a digital version of Scouts. Mm. Uh, I want to do a tech for women that's all about overcoming barriers that women in business face, because we have all this negative thing about, oh, I can't do technology, I can't create sales funnels, I can't do emails. Um, so we want to break down these barriers, but the first academy that we're doing is a video production academy, which takes me around full circle to where I was at the beginning with the television and radio production. Um, and so what we do is we teach business owners to create videos for the business so they can feel comfortable on camera and confident on camera and connect with the audiences in a way that actually builds that relationship up very, very quickly in a way that we know that video does.
0: Mm, I love that. That is music to my ears. And I know so many women I speak to have that barrier built up, either from society, from themselves, of not feeling polished enough, not feeling confident enough, and it can be a really big handicap. And I, I'm so curious how you help women get past that. Like, what what magic are you doing to help us feel more comfortable on video? Because it is a big hurdle for a lot of people do you know what? it's not
1: magic it's, <laughs> it's walking the journey with them I think mm. I'm, I'm everybody's big sister mm. I, you know you could say mother but then that puts an age thing on it That I don't want to go there, um, <laughs> go but, there. <laughs> no no um, but I think it's the fact that we take that journey together and you always meet the person where they're at now I spent 30 years not being on camera because I don't like how I look and I don't like how I sound I come from northwest England I have very flat vowels in my accent. And I thought, who is going to want to listen to that? And so I just didn't turn up on camera. And you can say to my kids, there are no photographs even of me when I was younger, and when my children were younger, because I wouldn't do Mm. it. I was that bad about how I look. Um, And it was actually, as we got into lockdown, I felt I really had to show up for my business. Because I'm a female CEO and founder of an IT company, it's a pretty rare thing. And so Mm. what I needed to do was actually be the face of my business. Otherwise, I wasn't doing my business any justice. So I ended up doing Facebook Lives, which were awful. It was Because I'm an introvert. I'm an introvert off the scale. And so being on camera was not fun. Mm. But I challenged myself to do 30 days of Lives. And and by the end of it, I was comfortable and confident and, and a lot better. And it's just that process. And so because I've been there, I know I can help other people with that as well. And even with the technology, we use all different kinds of technology. So as long as you've got a smartphone or a webcam, we can make a start. And we walk that bit every step of the way and we'll find software that suits the person. Mm. So for some people that are technically minded who are gonna get into things like color grading, then great, go with Premiere Pro. But actually, if you want something that means that you can create courses and you can create closed caption files and you can do audiograms or do podcasts, then we use software like Descript, which is super, super simple, but actually very powerful. So it's about finding the right tool for the job. And because we've been there and done it before, we're able to help people with that because we can see where they're going with it. So we can be the guide and advisor and just, you know, Set them under our wing. And both Ben and I, we're so like proud parents. When we see people achieve, I think we're happier than they
0: are. (laughs) Uh, That's beautiful. I think what you sort of touched on there, of matching the person to the tool, it's, it's so, so true. And something I really experience in my web design business too, of setting people up for success, like leaning into what they think they can do maybe stretching them a little bit, but keeping in that zone of comfort so that they actually use the tools for their business, actually use them for what they're for. Um, Yeah, I very much agree. And I love the way you sort of talked about almost this desensitization that you went through of getting used to being on camera. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. So that's why Uh, I would
1: always encourage people to do their own editing, because the more you look at yourself, the more you see yourself, the more you hear yourself, the less when you're editing you see you mm-hmm. You start to see a presenter doing a job yeah so you you get over the fact that you said something kind of weird or you pulled a bit of an odd face or whatever and you start looking at the job that you're doing so the mm-hmm. it, it's absolutely the right word you do have to desensitize yourself otherwise you end up overly critical in the wrong direction
0: yeah and I think that's so common like like your experience it's of sort of hiding from the camera of not talking like my mom is the same. She's always behind the camera because she's scared of being in front of the camera. And I think it's such a common thing, especially after have kids and maybe we don't quite look like we did before and we're feeling a bit insecure. It can get really easy to just hide. And I think the the kind of message that I got from your putting yourself in front of your business is it's also kind of an obligation we have as business owners to be present, to be visible. Not only so that you know other people can see the business and all of that, but also just representation of seeing people like us, of seeing people who aren't 100% polished and not on all the time, who are just real humans with bumps and curves and all those things. I think that's such a, a great thing to give to the world and something like I talk to clients a lot around putting their images on websites and it can be really confronting particularly for female entrepreneurs who may be introverts, just like you mentioned. And I always say it's it's an act of service to put your face on your business. It is for other people to connect with you. It is giving them a way in to get to know who this business is, to build that connection first. And I think you said that so beautifully. Now, I know you can touch on some of the other projects that you have in mind, and I love that you're basically trying to solve a super specific problem and dialing in on a super specific person place in their tech journey. How did you come across these little niches, these super specific moments that like elderly care with their specific tech needs, kids in the basement? Like, how did you come across this? How did you find those people, those people you're so excited to help? It's
1: from life experience. So Mm -hmm. I have three children that are on the autistic spectrum. All three of them are visually impaired, all three of them have ADHD, and then outside of that, there's other uh, maybe learning difficulties or mental health difficulties. So whereas other people would maybe struggle to get their children in on a weekend, they'd be concerned about antisocial behaviour, I can't get mine out of the house. Mm -hmm. So I have a different issue. So my eldest one is, uh, she's 26, and she's into games design and development. Uh, my eldest boy is 25, and he's a motion graphics designer and a graphics designer. And my youngest one is 13, so he's still at school. At the moment, he wants to go into food service, which I think is bizarre because <laughs> he only eats about four different things. Um, but I think he's got an engineering brain.
0: So mm-hmm. I can see
1: that he's either going to go into something that's engineering, maths, or IT. So mm-hmm. what you find is young people that are on the spectrum will naturally gravitate more towards technology because it's very binary it's right or it's Mm -hmm. wrong there's no gray areas so because of my experience with that and seeing what these kids can do but maybe don't have the social skills or the life skills to be able to use it from outside Mm -hmm. then I think we're able to connect the dots for that. I spent time working in elderly care I was a, a scheme warden where I looked after 25 older people and so I can see how assistive living technology and communication technology can make a big difference to people. Mm. Um, My husband's dad's 82 and he's great on a computer. He can't work his mobile phone, but he's great (laughs) on a computer. And and he is independent in his own home. And Mm. my mum was independent in her home until she passed away three years ago. And the reason that she was was because she could order from Amazon and the local supermarket. So she had carers coming in, but she could access the things that she needed because the the technology was there. And it's simple technology as well. There's Mm. an issue that a lot of the companies that are doing technology for people with additional medical needs make it really expensive. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't need to be. There's really easy things you can do around using things like Alexa Mm -hmm. and uh, Philips bulbs and kettles that have got lights in them. And there's all these different things But really it's thinking outside of the box to say how can we make this work? And I think and somebody once described me as somebody who can join the dots. And I think that's Mm -hmm. just how my head works. Is I like joining the dots and putting that together for other people. And, And really that's where it came from.
0: That's so beautiful. I feel like that is a masterclass in figuring out market gaps and ideal clients. Like that was so perfectly marrying your life experience the things you know, the people you know, the people you're drawn to, and then that gap in what is available. I feel like that was just perfect.
1: (laughs) I'm so glad this is being recorded because I'll be able to go back and have a listen and write it down.
0: Well, definitely do, that was gold. (laughs) Um, So you mentioned that you've got three kids who are on the spectrum and obviously that must be a lot of sort of additional stuff to take on, a lot of additional energy for you. How are you balancing all of that, this business, these like amazing products that you're building out? I'm sure you're doing launches. Like how do you do all of that? It's a team effort. Mm. Although my kids are on the spectrum,
1: they are very capable. They are very able. And I have a huge amount of respect for people who have children whose disabilities um, make it so they are 24-7 and their workload is immense my older son George he has a job he drives a car he can be independent and actually all three of my kids are still at home so it it does become a team effort so if I need uh Josh to be able to go to a specific thing that's out of hours and and I can't do it then George maybe would pick up the slack Mm -hmm. or uh, Grant would take him and so we all just work together to help each other out and I think that's the biggest part of it. It's always been a team effort. And it absolutely has to be. We have to look out for each other because the kids are on the spectrum. There are so many things that can trigger them to be upset. That actually there's always a lot of, Um, protection sort of uh, perimeter protection that goes on that you don't want something to be said or you don't want a particular influence to happen but actually we do that for each other it's not just me and them it's all of us together.
0: Lee you you've really touched on something I haven't shared this publicly yet but I feel it's a beautiful opportunity to share so my son who's three was recently diagnosed as being on the spectrum and we are in that very early stage of figuring out like how does this work. How can we be there for him? How can we protect those boundaries? And like you just gave me hope that being it, like that team element, being that sort of collaborative thing, it is possible. And just thank you. There's no point to it other than just thank you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I think a lot of it's about mindset. Mm. And what I've always said, my older two were diagnosed quite late. They were 13 or 14 when they were yeah. diagnosed. And we'd had a hellish school experience to the point I'd actually pulled them out of school and said, we're not doing this. Gosh. And so I homeschooled for a year or two. And really it was actually deschooling the kids because they've had such a horrible time. And so with Josh, we knew more straight away that he was autistic. But what I've always said to the kids is, autism's not a disability, it's a superpower. It's just working mm-hmm. out what your superpower is. Yeah. So like, Josh is great at maths, that's his thing. He's super good at that george's motion graphics he can create something in a fraction of a time it will take me months and he'll get it done in an hour and it's way (laughs) better than anything i could ever manage so what you'll find is they will develop something that they are incredibly good at Mm. that's way better than somebody else and actually a lot of the other stuff doesn't matter the stuff that society says doesn't matter
0: i'm finding to so many people in this entrepreneur entrepreneurial space i either Parents of kids with extra needs or have some sort of diagnosis themselves. And I think once you get out of the school system, out of that kind of prescriptive part of our lives where we're told grades matter and these subjects are important, like everybody leans into something special that they're good at that other people aren't. And like that's what makes us all unique, what makes us have value. And I don't know, it sounds like your business has been very much that experience too of like that's what you're great at. You kept coming back around to technology and making it easy and approachable I think it's yeah it's just a beautiful thing to accept that and to lean into it and as a like mum that just makes me so happy and as a person too like I had my own challenges finding my way I think everyone in this space has because we couldn't fit in a traditional job that isn't where I would say almost everybody listening is coming from there's some reason why they couldn't fit and they're trying to find something else they're trying to make something else and I think there's a lovely sense of acceptance but also a lovely like permission slip there to just be special be you know lean into a superpower like you said and uh, yeah I think that's a beautiful like hopeful note to add <laughs> uh, well thank you I
1: appreciate that and mm-hmm. I know like with the business we're family The six of us um there's uh, myself my husband now works for the business as well and we've got four other guys we have no other women involved because they will apply for the jobs which is disappointing <laughs> so it's me and five guys um but it's family and mm. I think as a business owner you can do business differently mm. so uh, one of my colleagues Brandon I've worked with him for nearly nine years and he's 24 I've worked mm. with him since he was 15 years old we have walked through some huge stuff we he's a dad so we walked Mm. through that whole process he's lost a close family member I've lost a close family member we've both gone through relationship struggles and breakups and all the rest of it Mm. and and he's like another one of my my sons you know even though we're we're work colleagues and I think when you have your own business you actually have a way to do business differently Mm. so I've worked for colleges and I've worked for educational establishments and I've worked for local government and I've worked for bigger places and they're very nine to five Mm -hmm. you turn up you do your job you go home not interested in anything else and as business owners we actually get to do things differently on a more holistic level because we're all human and we all have things that's going on and the knock-on effect of that is the people that stick with us as a business don't go away Mm Customers. We have for a long time and some of the customers we have are friends you know it actually passes that boundary and by saying Brandon I've worked with for nine years Wayne is four years Leon's a, a new start he started with us last year but I already know Leon's going to be with us a very long time because mm-hmm. we're able to create that culture that meets a need over and above we pay your bills
0: yeah I think that's such a, a great thing to remember too like you maybe come from a corporate background or an edu- like some other background but that doesn't mean we have to continue that pattern that those ways of doing things we can write our own books and i think wow. pretty much everyone i've talked to on this podcast has been writing their own way of doing business of marketing of putting your office together making it fit your life and i think it's just a beautiful testament to the way the world is going and how all these opportunities are opening up for women to do our own thing and have a life and a family and make a contribution I think it's always felt like an awe and I think like our parents probably felt like you could have family or a job and it doesn't have to be that way I think this is this is the beautiful part of these businesses we're growing and even if it does feel hard and it feels tricky to kind of move out of those patterns I think just that knowledge that you do have control over it you can make it work your way I think is is not something to forget it is critical basically to making it work yeah yeah I mean of course Uh, because I have a team
1: I have the flexibility to be able to come and go as I need to mm. which is a huge thing for me I spent time as a a single parent and um Josh is my youngest who has got different medical needs and so where we are we're in a very rural area in Scotland and so sometimes medical appointments might only be half an hour away, but sometimes they can be two hours away. Mm-hmm. And so actually I can take time out and take Josh through to an appointment here, there and everywhere. And they all, seem, all the appointments seem to come in a glut. You don't have anything <laughs> for months and then you'll have six in two weeks. Um, yeah. But I get the flexibility to do that because I'm self-employed, where yeah. I think if I work for somebody else, they wouldn't be quite so forgiving of that.
0: Mm. Yeah, you mentioned the fact that you are in a team and did you start the business as a team or did you kind of grow that? How, how did you get to this place where you had people to pick up? <laughs> Not asking for any reason. Right or anything? <laughs> no,
1: no, no, no. It, it was it, it wasn't a traditional route. So mm-hmm. um, said so I was working for another IT company and when it had been set up, it was set up poorly and after two years we couldn't make it work we tried everything to make it work and it didn't help that as soon as I started the business owner went fast ah, bye um and so we got um we went to see different people and got advice and everywhere that we spoke to the advice was close close quickly close quietly and move on because you can't fix this mm-hmm. and so I knew that I wanted to start an IT business myself. I can't fix computer equipment. That's not my expertise. I'm not a technician. And so at that stage, I went, yep, that's fine. That's what we'll do. We will start IT Central. And so Brandon came with me. And at that stage, he would have been 17. And so he was still an apprentice. Mm. So I started a business. I'm business development, administration, marketing, kind of all, all the backroom stuff. I'm the office body. And then we have Brandon, who is an apprentice, who's 17. And we have no <laughs> technician. And you're like, okay, this is interesting. Yeah, let's start a business. What could possibly go wrong? And so the first couple of weeks when we moved into the building, uh, we're painting. We just looked so much white paint, painting, painting, painting. And going, this is interesting, isn't it? We have an IT business and no technician. But we advertised and we got uh, Angus came and joined us. And he was just a marvel. He was great. So we started off with two of us and then gradually we've gained people over time as mm. things have developed. We've had quite a turnover of staff. I didn't realise until I was looking for the accountant the other day that actually over seven years, we've had nine staff that have been and gone. Mm. Which I suppose, you know, in, in some it's ways isn't very hard. many. It feels <laughs> a lot to me. Um but it's it's an interesting thing, the way things develop. And mm. now the team has such a wide variety of skills, which isn't really how we grew the team. It started mm. off, Brandon came with me because it was just us. And then the next one out of the current team that joined us was Wayne, who came on as an apprentice. Even though he's in his mid-30s, he joined us as an apprentice. And so he's really into games consoles and retro consoles. Brandon's mm. very into... um soldiering and board level repairs and he's a great troubleshooter if something is just horribly wrong, he will work it out and now we've got Leon on the team and he is very organized and very methodical and he's sort of the balance to Wayne because mm. Wayne's a great mind but he's messy and he will tell you that I'm not telling tales out of school <laughs> um, but Leon is the balance to that mm. Um And so it's really interesting the way that it's developed. And it's developed organically. Nobody actually has a job specification title. (laughs) And it's something that we're going to be working on in the next couple of weeks. Because we've grown organically,
0: Mm. we all
1: just fill in the gaps. I think it's something that we now need to kind of solidify and put structure to. Because in order to grow, we need to see what we're going to grow into. And then see Mm. where the, the gaps are. And then start to actually fill gaps with staff that are right for that rather than the way that we've grown so far.
0: But that's so interesting too, to really take it again, like to a human level. I feel like that's the through line of everything you've shared, like bring it back to the person and the human piece and you're leaning into what each of those individual humans do best and letting them be in their sort of zone of superpowers. And I think that is how you get the best out of it and how you probably kept those people so long. I think there's a lesson there for as you're scaling as you're finding your team to really get people who are truly a good fit who really do love whatever it is you're asking them to do so that they will feel invested and feel kind of fulfilled in that work so I I think that's actually a very good lesson even if you feel you did it backwards I think that's quite quite the right way around
1: (laughs) we always employ for
0: mindset
1: because Mm -hmm. I don't think you can teach work ethic people either have it or they don't they have the right mindset or they don't Mm. And we have had people on the team with the wrong mindset and it's been horrible because it's a small team. Mm. One person out of sync is massive. And so we took the decision after a very difficult experience that we would always apply for mindset first Mm. and we can teach everything else. We're the only company doing what we do in the location we are. It's not like we have a college across the road that is putting out technicians that we can go, oh, yeah, we'll employ you, but we won't employ you. We Mm. have to build the people to fit the job. Otherwise, I think even if you
0: have, yeah, even if you have all the people in the world, like in this online business space, you can hire anybody. But I think there is something to that to pick the people who have the right mindset, who have the right personality, who are going to gel with the rest of the people in the business. I feel like that's the stuff you can't teach, just like you said. Yeah. Exactly. Ugh, this is gorgeous. I'm so glad we got to chat and I think we can probably chat a lot more, but we're trying to keep these episodes fairly bite-sized. So I'm going to leave us with that cliffhanger and ask you to share how people can learn more about you, your business, and maybe these awesome academies that you are bringing out.
1: So the first one at the moment is a Video Production Academy. So we need to get that one up and running before I can concentrate on anything else. And my business coach said clear over clever. So if you look for Video Production Academy, you'll find us on uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, that's an interesting experience. Uh, And our website as well is videoproductionacademy.co.uk.
0: I love it. Nice and simple and very on brand, which I appreciate. (laughs) Well, thank you so much again, Lee, for joining us and for you listeners for joining us this week on Marketing Like a Mother. If you found value in the show today and want to support some fellow mompreneurs, we really appreciate a rating or even just telling a business friend about the show. We'll be back next week with more marketing tips for busy mums with businesses. And if you're keen to book more dream clients with your website, do make sure to check out my value-packed 16-minute training, Mum Approved Length, uh, all about websites that convert, with my very best tips on optimizing your website to convert those visitors into paying clients. You can sign up to watch that for free at my website, michellepontvert.com converts. Until then, take care.